I made an amazing discovery this morning. Vanipedia. If you haven't checked out Vanipedia, Vanipedia is amazing. The god brother Vishnu Murti has developed Vanipedia, and Vishnu Murti joined our Sabha group, and so he's been sharing the Vanipedia quote with us, and I didn't know how amazing it was. And I just searched for the spiritual world, and under that are questions that devotees and guests asked Prabhupada about the nature of the spiritual world, and I was just going through it this morning. I just started maybe um, an hour ago or less. And it's amazing. So I compiled some something from that that we can read today. Rather than continuing reading another document that I compiled, I think for now I want to go through all these questions. It's, it's alphabetical. So questions starting with A, questions starting with B, questions starting with C. So I've done A, B, and C, a little bit of D. So that's going to be interesting. Not only interesting, more than interesting. And I also found something yesterday about Srila Prabhupada was asked a question about heart transplant and what happens. But there's something, I don't want to tell you what he says because I don't want to spoil, spoil it for you. But he says something interesting in there that I wanted to discuss. I think it's, it's quite important for us to understand. And, and a, lot of this, a lot of this class has been really de um, centered around helping us better understand and deal with death. And I think this one quote that we're going to read today from Prabhupada will help a lot with that. It, it, it's nice. It's, it's, a, it's basically Prabhupada is talking about how we're not in control. And if I'm not in control of something, and I know I'm not in control of it, and previously I thought I was in control of it, and now I know I'm not in control of it, then I don't have to worry about controlling it. <laughs> right? So it's something like that. When you Sometimes you hear Prabhupada saying, this is how it is, and there's nothing that can be done about that, then you realize, oh, I... I can't change that, and I'm, I'm so worried about it, and I want to change it, but I can't. So then we become somewhat pacified, knowing that, well, actually, this is how it is, I can't change it. So the quote is like that. But we will get there, but first we're going to chant in the rain. You, you might be able to hear the rain, and... Um, my office is a shed that was converted into an office. It was just like a storage shed, and then we put a little bit of insulation and some walls. As you can see, it looks like a normal place. But it's very thin insulation, and the roof is made out of tin. So you get rain sound effects. Kind of keeps the atmosphere, right? So we'll have... We'll have background sounds for our kirtan. Like sometimes they do relaxing music. 
you know. They call it meditation music. And they and they're playing relaxing music. Like that, and these people put it in the background. And they have some rain in it. So we have rain. Radha Madhava Kunjabihari.
Oh, good. Everything's plugged in. That would have been funny, right? Srila Prabhupada Kijay. Dai Go I could actually chant the whole hour instead of talk. That's normally what I feel like doing. And then I figure you all tuned in to hear a class, but I could chant the whole time. No problem. I have um, something which I call eternal melodies. That some some melodies they have this um, theme, like at the end of the movie, and the music is going, and the, the credits are going for like five, ten minutes or so. And I call that the endless kirtan melody. And you know, occasionally. There are these melodies I hear, and I think that's the endless kirtan melody. You could just chant it forever. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. See the end of the movie, right? Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare. We could chant that, right, for 10, 20 hours, no problem. Yeah, so sometimes I feel like that. But the show must go on. 
the power supply to this computer is upstairs, it's raining. I had my keyboard replaced. It's a new keyboard. Because my I wore out my other keyboard because I use this. The computer's three years old and I type so much and you know write so much. I wore it out. So we got it back. Yeah, the power supply is upstairs. I forgot to bring it down and we have 33%. So I think we'll be okay. But Kamenia has the files also. So worst case scenario, I can read maybe off the phone. Okay, so I promised you um, yes, I promised you to read something about and Vijay Lakshmi, Dr. Vijay Lakshmi, you'll be interested in knowing and hearing this. This is a question about what happens with a heart transplant? What's going on? Where's the soul involved in all of this? So, that's what's happening right now. That's what we're going to read now. So this, this paper is called Heart Transplant. Heart Transplant. Okay, this is very interesting. Today we're celebrating the appearance day of my new keyboard. It's the same computer, but a new keyboard. Do you know? I mean, I hate to say this, but sometimes this thing is used five hours a day or more. Sometimes I'm stuck in front of it. Hmm. Okay, so let's read this and discuss this. There's one specific point here that I think is extremely important. Many interesting points, but I think one point is very important. A life member from, this is June 3rd, 1976, Los Angeles. A life member from Lusaka in Zambia wrote, Zambia is in, I believe it's southern part of Africa, is that correct? Zambia? Is that where they have all the diamonds? Am I correct? Any South Africans out there can tell me? Anyone Google Zambia? Lusaka in Zambia. That's next to South Africa, no? He wrote uh, requesting clarification on philosophy he could not resolve even after reading Prabhupada's books and Back to Godhead. Here's the question. What happens when a heart transplant is done? And that time the heart is taken out, and the time the heart is taken out and the donor's heart is replaced, like what's going on with the spirit soul? Isn't it that the recipient loses his original individuality as a different soul is entering in that body? So he's thinking, well, just here's the new heart with the new soul. That would be, kind of be a change-up, right? The, the dead person, what? The body died, but the soul's in the heart, and then he gets another body, kind of like a ghost, and, have, and then the original person is gone. No. What happened? I got changed up here. Yeah. Hmm. You notice the light is darker, right? Well, this is so cloudy outside. Hmm. Okay. 
Isn't it that the recipient loses his original individuality as a different soul is entering in that body along with that live heart of that donor? And it looks as if that gets another life because his own life-giving heart is already out. Will you explain in detail? It sounds like a sci-fi movie, right? You have a heart transplant, a new soul comes in, and now you're like, in your old body, you look the same, but you're a different soul, but you have the same memories because it's the same brain, but a new soul. And it's like, how does it all work? Anyway, it's an interesting question, and, you know, we should be asking questions, right? We should be discussing these things. <laughs> it's an interesting question, especially if you have a scientific brain. Srila Prabhupada answered his question at length, giving clear explanation to settle his doubt. I think this is from Arishari's diary. It sounds like it. Horishori. Horishori, um, Transcendental Diary. Um, proper pronunciation of his name, Bengali, is Horishori. Horishori. We had a devotee in Mauritius. He's now famous as a cook. Famous, 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 famous in Mauritius. A celebrity. And when he was a new devotee, he was very simple, he was from a village, wasn't that well educated, didn't have a lot of experience doing the things that we were doing in the temple. And he was kind of like my right hand, or more like my left hand. <laughs> so I'm right hand, so he would mess things up. And he would, so many things he would do wrong, and he'd come back and he'd say, Babu, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. As I said, your name is Harishari. You're always sorry. That was our joke. And then, of course, now he's like, this was like 30 years ago. Now he's grown up and dangerously famous in Russia. As the cook of cooks, he has a cooking show. Okay, so that's about Harishari. Okay, live pro... Because this is... This is really interesting. Pay attention, please. Life cannot be prolonged by heart transplant. What do you mean it can't be prolonged? Okay, this is interesting. It, if someone gets a heart transplant, it prolongs their life. And Prabhupada's saying, you cannot prolong your life by heart transplant. So, what's going on here? Let me get some more light here if I can. Interesting. So what does Prabhupada say? Here's the killer. Let's get ready for the killer. Life cannot be prolonged by heart transplant. You cannot increase the duration of life. One can perhaps give some relief to disease. That is another thing. But... The duration of life is destined. The duration of life is destined. Okay, well, let's look at this. This is like very interesting. Oh, I have to share with you. Um, you know, I told you that story about the 
the crematorium. Uh, no, that wasn't the crematorium. The um, reality tours. Well, a devotee sent me one of the shows this devotee did, the very funny shows. I should post it on my Facebook page. So I heard another one of these shows. It wasn't reality tours. It was, what are you going to be in your next life? People would die and they would bring them onto a television show. And the personalities on the television show were all famous personalities, but they're all dead. And they, were, they would ask him questions. So what did you eat and how did you live? And these celebrities, the dead celebrities, would have to guess what his next life would be based on the modes of nature. And the host of the show, his name was Don Yamaraj. I mean, it's, uh, it's well done. His devotees are professional. That was done like 30 years ago. But it's so funny. And the reason I was just bringing it up is because he, he imitates Alfred Hitchcock, Elvis Presley, Bruce Lee, and somebody else. But he does it all himself. And he does perfect, he does perfect imitations. It's amazing. He's so talented. His name is Madhu Pandit. Srila Prabhupada, disciple. Okay. One can perhaps give some relief to disease. That is another thing. But the duration of life is destined. So your question is, well, shouldn't we try to cure disease? Yeah, we should. It's just like your your happiness is destined. Should we try to be happy? Yeah, we shouldn't. At least we shouldn't try to make ourselves miserable and go out of our way to suffer, of course. Um, our income is destined. Does that mean I don't have to get out of bed anymore and the checks will just come to my door? No, you have to work. Your income is destined. You have to work. Your you know everything. But Prabhupada's point is. You live, you work, you do, but you have a limit of what you can do also. There's a destiny there. So when I read that, I thought, you know, we're all worried about how long will we live and will we live if I get this disease? And there was one devotee, I may have told you this story, it was interesting. This devotee had, I think she may have had cancer, I'm not sure what she had. And she was older, in her 50s, I believe, maybe early 60s. And she had spent a lot of time living in Vrindavan. She came single. She never married, so she was a renunciate. And then she heard that she was going to die. So let's just say she had cancer for the sake of, because I can't remember. And she thought, okay, I'm going to die, so I will go every day to Govardhan. And I'll just do Govardhan Parikram on one of my last days as long as she, I'm, I'm able to do it. And at that point, she moved to Vrindavan or made the plan to leave her body in Vrindavan. So she had enough strength at that point to do Govardhan Parikrama. So she went every day in Govardhan Parikrama. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? You can probably guess. She became cured. She wasn't trying to become cured. Now, the interesting part of the story is she didn't want to live. She wanted to die. And she, when, when she found out that she was cancer-free or whatever, she was so unhappy. She said, oh, my God, I wanted to die. And now the doctor's telling me I don't have the disease. Um, bummer. <laughs> this is a true story. 100% true story. You imagine, right? She's going there to die 
that's her plan. She's like, yeah, this life, forget it. I'm ready. I'm out of here. I'm ready to go. Let's do Govardhan Parikrama and then we'll leave our body in Krishna consciousness. And then she does Govardhan Parikrama for so many days, weeks, and she's cured. Hare Krishna. Which is so interesting because she didn't want to be cured. She was, she was, I'm serious, she was like really upset. And then I think later on the disease came back and she had an operation. I don't think she wanted it, but the devotees wanted her to do it. And then she was like, oh, maybe I'll die now. And then she came out of the operation. Oh my God, I'm still alive. This is horrible. <laughs> so... I don't know if you've, if you've seen or heard of situations like that, but sometimes people just endure the most difficult circumstances. And they just kind of continue. Their machine doesn't stop. I heard there's a, the Subaru, Subaru. Someone had a Subaru and he, he wanted to get insurance on it. He wasn't an honest guy and he tried to destroy the engine and he couldn't. The engine wouldn't stop working. I don't know, he tried to do something to destroy it and he couldn't. So sometimes bodies are like that. So I found, I found this like, okay, Prabhupada says, like, how long are you going to live? Prabhupada says, you're going to live this long. How long is that, Prabhupada? I don't know, but it's this long. Not a second more, not a second less, according to your destiny, you're destined to live this long. And then, okay, so let's read on. So, you know, wh how long will I live? Will I die? Will I get this disease? The answer is, yes, you will. Probably die of some disease, and you will die, of course. And, and when will it happen? It will happen when it's supposed to. That kind of relieves a lot of, um, doesn't that relieve a lot of anxiety about how long I will live and this and that, that I, you know, what could I do about it? Nothing. Well, there actually is something you can do about it. You know, of course, you want to take care of yourself, be healthy while you're alive, but, you know, some of us will die healthy. That's, that's my joke, you know. You take, every morning I take some drink. It's all, everything that God created that's green, it's in the drink. I might even turn green one day. So I take this drink, you know. It says, with this drink, I'll live forever. No, with this drink, you'll die healthy. At least I was healthy when I died because I drank this drink. So that's what Prabhupada is saying. <laughs> it's not like, take this drink and you'll live for 120 years. I just read some guy has found the formula to live 120 years. Yeah, but if it's not your karma, the formula won't work. And if it is your karma, you don't need the formula. So do we tr not try to be healthy? Do we not try to take care of ourselves? Of course we do. But Prabhupada's saying there's other factors, you know. What does it mean to die healthy? You could die in an accident. You're very healthy. Drink your green drink every day and you die in an accident. And then sometimes you see these people who like smoke like constantly and have a horrible diet and they're like 185 years old and they're out there in the field working so go figure that one out have you seen that not 185 but you know what i'm saying have you seen that like they they don't do anything 
I will actually do everything that would kill you, and they're out there, you know, 80 years old, working, weeding their fields and such. So, okay, well, let's read on. One can perhaps give some relief to disease, that is another thing, but the duration of life is destined. From the dead body, one cannot bring life. Similarly, it may appear that one is prolonging the duration of life by medicines or heart transplant, but that is not the case. If one lives four years after having had a heart transplant, then by nature's law he was destined to live four years with or without having a heart transplant. So what is the value of a heart transplant? That's pretty heavy, especially for a doctor, especially for a heart surgeon. The patient says, should I have the heart transplant? And the doctor says, why take the trouble and waste your money? Because according to your karma, you're going to live a certain period of time. You know, maybe the heart doesn't work well. Maybe you'll die during the operation. You know? So, you know, don't bother. Now, this goes against everything that makes sense to the logical mind, doesn't it? And so how do we piece it together? Well, the way I've always understood it was, Prabhupada's saying here, you can't, you can't increase the duration of your life. Well, actually, there is one way we're going to read about it. But, but for ordinary people, you can't increase the duration of your life. It's, it's set. It's just how it is. And I've always thought, well, if this person is meant to live longer, then there'll be some mechanism for that to happen. So it looks like, well, he was supposed to die, but he had a heart transplant, now he lived longer. But according to what Prabhupada's saying, no, he was meant to live longer, and then the heart transplant was just, just a way that that was going to happen. So Prabhupada's saying, you can't prolong it, but you could think, well, yeah. so then the next question is, well, then should I, is it even worth trying to prolong it if I can't? Like, why waste money on the heart transplant? Because Prabhupada's saying, well, I would have lived anyway, with it or without it. That's a decision that we individually have to make, but as we discussed in the story of Jayananda, he decided he didn't want to prolong his life. So it, it kind of seems like it's in our hands. You know, we can take cures and we get cured and... It does seem like that. And I wouldn't recommend anyone who wants to take precautions and, and do what is necessary to be healthy not to do it. But ultimately, I think we, we can take solace in the fact that what is going to happen is going to happen. Because sometimes you see the best medical treatment doesn't work. And in the case of this devotee, she didn't take any treatment and she was healed. And sometimes you hear you hear of um, these remissions. What do they call them? It's just like instantaneous remissions through prayer or some intercession. What's it called? Spontaneous remission? Is that it? Yeah, all kinds of things happen. So I think we can take solace in this that Prabhupada's saying. You know, like your destiny is there now. Here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen.
the good news is your spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, can extend your life for service. He could also shorten it also if he wants you serving somewhere else. He can, but karma, you know, for devotees, the karmic thing is a little different. So, if Prabhupada wants us to serve longer, why not? We'll serve longer. Yes, he'll extend it. That's, that's also possible. But there's another way to extend it. So, I'm going to read. Only by the yogic process can one prolong the life. Hmm, interesting. Why? By stopping the breathing process, keeping in samadhi, the breath period is not being used. And he increases the lifespan. So why is that? As Prabhupada explained, at the time you're born, you, have, you are allotted a certain number of breaths. Say, you know, 6,843. So when you get to 6,843, that's it. There's no more breaths. You, you have to leave your body. That's the way Prabhupada explained it. Or perhaps Ayurveda explains it that way. And, and so Prabhupada, you know, sometimes said, when you're doing exercise, <laughs> which is considered cardiovascular and very healthy, you're actually, you might be getting healthier, but you're going to die younger. And he also said, during the act of sex, <laughs> you have a lot of sex, you'll die younger, more breathing. And I spoke to an Ayurvedic doctor who was quite a scholar about this. And he said, he said, running will make you strong, but it'll kill you. He says, while you're run you do that running every day, it'll build up your muscle, your endurance, and so forth. But it's, it's decreasing your duration of life because the breath, why running? And the yoga process is hold your breath, let it out. What the speaker Prabhupada saying here, they can stop their breathing. I don't know. Don't try this at home. <laughs> but my Prabhu told me the yogis could stop their breathing. I tried it and died. No, don't try to stop your breathing unless you know how to do it. But but you understand the principle. You slow the breathing down. Now you'll live longer. And that's why you'll see yogis. Uh, Prabhupada said in Kumbha Mela when the devotees went there, he said that some of these yogis are, are 300 years old. You know, they look like 80, 90, 100. Not, they don't look 300. I don't, you know, how would a 300-year-old person look? But they, I've seen pictures. They don't look 300 years old. And that's one of the ways they stay. They live long. They're slow down your breathing. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to die for a long time, then I would recommend stop breathing. It really works well for increasing your duration of life as long as you can do it. But if you don't know how to do it, it will not increase your duration of life, obviously. It will kill you. But they merge the outgoing breath, the ingoing breath, calm down, go into samadhi. Yeah. Now, now that we're on the topic of breathing, do you know that when you breathe in deeply and breathe out, the air affects your mind and your mind calms down? Did you know that when you're anxious or afraid or angry, you breathe very fast? 
to kill you. Ha, 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 ha. So the mind's affecting the breath, the breath's affecting the mind. So if you like to experiment, this one devotee said there's a book or a teaching. I, lear I learned this in 1981 or 82, and I still remember it, and I sometimes do it. But it'll make you hungry also. I was actually doing it this morning, and now I'm hungry. He said there's, there's a teaching called Pranayam for Vaishnavas or Pranayam for Japa. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. That was one breath. If you if you whisper you can, I can do like eight mantras on one breath. And then you get to the bottom. I mean, some people chant on the way up. And he said, so that's a, a pranayam for Vaishnavas. And my wife sometimes said she would do pranayam before she does japa. And it calms the mind. It actually, so you can experiment with that. It calms the mind. I sometimes do that when I chant Gayatri. Especially during the day, because the mind is active during the day. It's, it's Gayatri in the morning is easier because you haven't really turned on the on switch on your mind yet, or at least you haven't put it in fourth gear yet. Maybe it's on, but it's still in first gear. It's still waking up. So that breathing. Sometimes I do Gayatri like that. And it, when you breathe slowly, the mind calms down. Did you know that? So you can employ that. And some people say, can I do this? Can I do that when I chant? And if it's not against Vaishnava principles and it helps your chanting, the answer is always yes, if it helps, do it. As long as it, you understand. Prabhu, when I lay down on my bed and I stare at the ceiling, I chant my best rounds. Well, that's not recommended to chant laying down. But so if you're, you know, you're within the sattva guna, yeah, not against Vaishnava principles, yeah, anything that helps is worth a try. Okay, so by stopping the breathing process, keeping in samadhi, the breath period is not being misused and increases the lifespan. Therefore, destiny can only be changed by devotional service or yoga. Otherwise, you must suffer, you must suffer, and what you must enjoy, you must enjoy. For a devotee, however, whatever it may be, he takes the opportunity to chant Hare Krishna, and if by Krishna's grace, destiny is changed, then it is okay. Then it is all right. So, Prabhupada just made an interesting point. He said, if it's your destiny to die, you can't do anything. And if it's your destiny to enjoy, you can't do anything. So what does that mean? He said, well, you know, like you've become a devotee, you want to live a simple life. Uh, we have the example of Raghunath. Raghunath is, you know, he's trying to be a renunciate and his father is sending him money and all kinds of things. He doesn't even want it. His destiny, his destiny was that he would be wealthy and he wanted to be renounced and his father's, you know, pampering him. So sometimes you want to be renounced and this and that and Krishna just gives you a lot. That's your destiny. All right, whatever, you know. You don't even want it. You know, it's funny and you have it, right? 
Why are you giving this to me? I don't even want it. Prabhu, it's your destiny. You must have it. Okay, so it works both ways for you. The, the last sentence, which is so interesting, Prabhupada saying, if Krishna wants for the devotee, he can extend his life. Or if you're, you don't want to live longer, then stop breathing. That helps. Or slow your breathing down. Or don't, don't do exercises which increase your breathing. Do exercises which breathe in, stretch back, breathe out, come forward, breathe in. So that yoga session, that hour yoga session, you're breathing less, a lot less than when you're on the treadmill. <laughs> so the person on the treadmill, they're building their endurance, but they're going to die younger. That's my understanding. That's what the Ayurvedic doctor told me. He said, he said you'll become stronger. <laughs> Heartbeat, cardiovascular, you know. So, but I have found if you do breathe deeply, it does increase your heart rate, but it doesn't increase your breath rate. I also found that when it's cold, if you breathe, you hold it in, you'll feel the circulation and you'll start to warm up. Or if you do the udipan, you know, the breathing, like that, it'll warm your body. I guess that's more breathing, huh? Maybe it doesn't count. Maybe yoga breathing is, Yamaraj doesn't notice it. Anyway. Now we're going to go to the next document. Um, Lusaka is the capital of the largest city in Zambia. Okay, and where is Zambia? Next to South Africa? Please tell me. I need to know. Someone tell me. Where is Zambia? You can't change the soul because you are the soul. But what if a different soul entered your body? Heart transplant, you're still alive, yeah. Otherwise, you'd be dead when you got your new heart. When we say duration of life is destined, does that mean when people die of accidents? Yeah. The only thing, is, the only thing I've heard Prabhupada say is if you commit suicide. That is not... I've never heard him say that that's part of your destiny. You know, someone would say, well, it must be part of my destiny because I'm going to do it, so I must be destined to die now. Prophet never said that. He said no. Now, there's another question that maybe it's already being asked. I would expect Krishna Karshini, you might want to, would ask this question. But... I don't know if you know this, but you have to know this to ask the question, but two devotees were coming to see Prabhupada and the driver had fallen asleep and I think there was three devotees and two of them died. Can you imagine, you're the remaining devotee, how you feel? Right? You imagine if you were the one driving. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that the remaining devotee was driving. In any case, Prabhupada said they died untimely. Kamaniya, could you Google the definition of untimely? Because I was thinking of this this morning, and untimely would mean before their time, which, which makes it sound like it wasn't their karma. And 
that can't be true. So therefore, when Prabhupada said untimely, I'm making the assumption he meant before what before what is common. It's uncommon for a 20-year-old to die. So it's an untimely death. So what is generally uncommon? But but if we say it was an untimely death for that person, then it undermines everything we just said. How could it be untimely? How could it be an accident? So I think I think Prabhupada was also, you know, making that point and maybe um, comforting people that because of this that it was untimely. But you know what Prabhupada's saying is nothing's untimely. Everything comes on time exactly when it's supposed to. So that's a question that I think naturally come to mind to those devotees who heard that Prabhupada say untimely. I heard that life is not counted in years but in breaths. Is it true? So it will if we will breathe less, we will live longer. Yeah. I was just talking with my wife and daughter yesterday. I don't know how we got this conversation about how old is someone. They were saying that the people, I don't know, maybe it was some coronavirus-related Qatar or something about how, how old are the people in the village. They said they don't know how old they are because they don't have birth certificates. They don't know their birthdays. Oh, oh we were, she was saying there's someone and his name is Friday because he was born on Friday. That's his name. I said, oh, well, maybe we could just name people by their birth dates. You know, we have June, it was now Jayashri, but we could say June 23rd, 1974, or whatever it is, 1978 or whatever. Now June is 40, so that makes her what, 80, 1980. So your name is June, she just had her birthday, so whatever, you know. Your name is June 6th, 1980. That's a strange name, right? So the people in the village, they should have names like that. That's my, that's my great insight for today. If you're born in a village without a birth certificate, you should definitely have the day and year you were born as your name. Hey, hey, April 6th, 1980, how's it going? And the advantage of that also is you'll never forget your friend's birthday because that's their name. Their name's their birthday. And if you want to get a lot, of, lot more gifts in your life, or if you want your kids to get a lot more gifts, just give them a name based on their birthday. And no one's going to forget. Has anyone ever forgot your birthday? I'm sure they have. It happens all the time. But with a name like April 23rd, they're not going to forget. Right? So that's the big takeaway today. Uh, class is finished. Thank you for coming. Hare Krishna. Okay. So, Hare Krishna. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, today, the takeaway from today's class is we should all die healthy because that way we can chant. That is such a blessing if you can chant right up to the end of your life. Wow. It's such a blessing. We can all pray for that. That's what, on us. 
saying, yeah, we try. Of course, Prabhupada never said, don't take care of yourself. He said, first health, then sadhana, then service. So, yeah. Uh, not everyone can do pranayam. Not everyone wants to live long either. <laughs> Prabhupada was a pharmacist and was selling medicine. Why was he doing it if it was useless? Because it <laughs> makes money. <laughs> Prophet said they had a water and they gave it a fancy French name, you know, certain kind of water. Um, because you have to do something and certainly, yeah. So that's the, that's the, um, makes this all confusing. Like, well, I just got this problem, you know, and I got this cream and the problem went away. So, what's going on here? Yeah, well, according to your karma, you were destined to get the cream. Okay, Ellen, I'll tell you a story. I, when I was a young devotee, I got sick. And I go, you know, you ever, you know, the famous, um, I'm tired, I don't feel good, and you go to the doctor. Well, we checked everything, and nothing's wrong with you. You know that one. You go to the next doctor. Everything looks good. Yeah, but I feel like a piece of. I just feel horrible. Yeah, everything checks out. You're fine. One of those, right? So I was going through that. And then I met this Ayurvedic doctor. He said, there is nothing wrong with you. You you just, he said, you are in anxiety, some anxiety. Yeah, I was in anxiety. I wanted to be Krishna conscious. And I was just a new devotee. And I was like, I was in anxiety. Too. It was true. I was worried about being Krishna conscious. He said, every day you take Kitri, and then every day after Kitri, you take chash, chash, which is buttermilk with salt, pepper, and cumin, or cumin, cumin, cumin seeds. And he said, you take a teaspoon of warm ghee every day, you'll be fine. So I did that. I was fine. I was healthy. Everything was fine. And after that happened, I was thinking, you know, you go to all these doctors, and, and uh, uh, worse, they go, I know what's wrong with you. Here. Just give me, you know, like $7,000 and here's all the medicines. And you're like, okay, I'm finally going to get cured, even if it's $7,000. And you, jars and piles of medicine, you know, you don't even have a table in your kitchen anymore because it's full of medicine that you're taking. Take two at this time, three at this time. Your whole life's evolved around the medicines. And then, like, nothing happens. You feel just as bad as you did before. That happens also. And then, you know, the other thing happens. You go to the doctor and he goes, nothing wrong. Some ghee, some kitchi, some chash. You're fine. No problem. Okay. It's, you know, it's like, it's like, so my experience is like sometimes you have a disease and you're like, you're destined to suffer. And so it's like, you'll go to all the doctors who can't cure you. And then at some point, and sometimes you just wake up one morning and go, oh my God, it's gone. That big thing that was growing out of my head like a horn, it's gone. So that happens also, right? Have you had that experience? It's like you have this pain and it's like you don't know where it came from and all the doctors and chiropractors can't cure it. And one day you wake up and it's, I don't know what happened, it's gone. 
you know, it must have been the granola I ate in the morning. I don't know. So that's there also. So that's why this topic is so interesting because it doesn't make any sense. It just seems like this is a really stupid way to think. You don't do anything. You don't, you know, no. One time a devotee was sick. And so this is early in the movement. And so they're asking Prabhupada, should we go to a doctor? And Prabhupada said, you go to the doctor, but you pray to Krishna. Because ultimately, it's only Krishna who can heal you. So it's, it's kind of simultaneously both things. Okay, I'm taking the medicine. That's the right thing I should do. But ultimately, it's up to Krishna. You hear these stories, people have fourth stage cancer and they do this fast, that fast, and this Tai Chi and that, and it goes away. Or they just do a forgiveness process and it goes away, or some emotional healing, yeah, but it doesn't work for everybody. So I think, you know, my my realization after studying and thinking, you know, the last 50 years about all this, is you always have to do what is logically right and intelligent, but you oh, but at the same time you understand that it's once you do that it's like okay, it's over. I can't do anything more. I said if Krishna wants, I'll live. And even some devotees are, they're not so inclined to take care of their health, their body. What can you do? And sometimes they're okay. So that's why this conversation is difficult because it kind of goes against common sense, apparent common sense. So there's a spiritual common sense to all of this. From what you're reading, one may think it doesn't make any sense to take care for health and to try to excuse me, cure. I think I need a new tissue. This is about six months old. Can we start a tissue fund for me? <laughs> I don't think we have any tissues in the house on. I'm being very I'm being very eco-conscious. You you just see you could use one tissue for six weeks. And you're all thinking, that is so moochy. Actually, it's not. Basically when I do this, I'm just just relieving the itching in my nose. Um Take care of your health and try to cure any kind of disease. Just, it's, yeah. So, yeah. I'm ahead of you, Krishna Karshini. I know how you're thinking. I answer your questions in advance. It's not that we stop taking medicine and just leave it to Krishna. We do what we can to take care of the body, but so we can serve Krishna better. Yes, we can keep the body healthy and in a good state. But, 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 uh, the ultimate result is up to Krishna. Wow. You said a Divina? Are you quoting me or are you channeling me? Divina, you did it. You're channeling Mahatma. To breathe slow is, is breathe fasting and yoga. A breath fasting. A fast, yeah. What are you doing today, Prabhu? I'm fasting from breathing. Mm, okay. Sounds interesting, you know. Why are you all purple? Um, I don't know. How are you talking if you're not breathing? Yeah, that's an yeah. But that's another Bhakta Burfi. I'm, I'm fasting from breathing today. But Bhakta Burfi, you're turning purple. Yeah, I know, but it's good for calming the mind. You have to, you know. It's like Prabhupada said. Uh, these yogis, 
they take mercury and this and that and meditate and can they pass urine on some metal and the metal turns to gold you know Bhakta Burfi's trying that he's mixing up his mer his his mercury smoothie you know oh we're gonna make gold you know when I pass urine you know we'll support the temple and Prabhupada talked about that on a morning walk and he was joking yeah but where's where's the Where's where's the yogi who can uh, Where's the yogi who can drink the mercury? <laughs> if we are healthy, uh, anandita, anandita says, if we are healthy, then we're more likely to remember Krishna at the time of death. Yeah, isn't the point? I have to go like this because of the lighting. Isn't the point that Krishna can change karma? Yeah, you guys, um, yeah, Krishna, yeah, but sometimes it works both ways. Uh, sometimes it works both ways. Krishna can extend your life or he could shorten it. It depends what he wants you to do. And Anna, here's a little secret. If you want to try, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Ram Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. You can do eight mantras like that because you're not breathing out much. At least I can do eight. I won't demonstrate it, but you're, you know, but if you're chanting loudly, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, yeah, a lot of breaths are going out. So that would be interesting, right? If for every eight mantras you took one breath, that just by chanting japa, you let someone can calculate that and say how many. You take Hare Krishna. You take. Let's say you take two breaths per one one mantra. Two two breaths per. No. All right. One breath per one mantra. But now you did one breath for eight mantras. Someone get out there calculator and calculate how much longer you're going to live. Is that eight times longer? Wow, Japa for eternity. You see some old devotees like 800 years old. How do you do it? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. That's how I do it, Prabhu. Eight rounds on one breath. I don't know. Question from for Rasta. Rasta from Mexico. She is a doctor. I do not know if the education I have had a hard time understanding the point. They teach us that some treatment lengthens life and increases. Yes. Quality of life. How to understand a life already set duration and breathing. Well, because, well, let's say Let's say you're destined to die with a shorter number of breaths. And we, as we discussed before, you're going to die. For the body to stop, there has to be a reason. So it may be destiny, whether it's heart failure or, or whatever, or cancer or some <clears throat> something. So that karmically may be there. And so the person's destined to die, and it's calculated by the number of breaths. So you as a doctor, your sacred duty, as we are discussing... And our duty as 
the individual, the individual, devote, individual devotees trying to serve Krishna, our duty is take care of our health as best we can. And so the point of me reading this was that it's like Prabhupada said, go to the doctor, follow what he says, but pray to Krishna also, because ultimately it's up to Krishna. So I have always saw this like, okay, if it's my karma to be healed, the doctor will heal me. The Krishna, it will have to be some material means to heal that person. So you could, you know, you could bring a patient into your office and say, okay, what's your birth date? <clears throat> you go do their chart and you go, you know, I'm going to cure you because it says on your chart you're going to get cured. So let's cure you. Oh, no, it says in your chart you're not going to be cured of this disease. So out of here. I have, no, I have nothing to do with you. We don't, we don't think that way and we don't act that way. But it's not entirely untrue. So because we don't know what an individual's karma is, and you as a doctor have a duty to cure them, and we as devotees have a duty to maintain our health so we can serve Krishna, that's what we do. But the point is, what Prabhupada's saying is, ultimately there's you know, higher causes acting. And if Krishna doesn't want you to live, then you know, it doesn't matter. The medicine, everything, it's not going to work. And if Krishna wants you to live, it's going to happen somehow or other. It will be successful. So I, when I read that, I was thinking, <clears throat> I wasn't thinking that that means practically we don't take action. It just means that even though we practically take action, and we should practically take action, and generally when you take practical action, you get an expected result. The result may not always be the same for everyone in every case because of their karma. And in, in that example, you know, I'm sure you're a doctor, you must have seen this. The person who's super healthy, who takes really bad care of themselves, and the person who's not really that healthy, who eats all the right things, takes all the vitamins, minerals, and so forth. So, But the thing, the thing that struck me in this statement by Prabhupada was the fact that, well, you don't really have to worry so much. You just, you just do your best, and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, you know, maybe you have some disease and you don't know if you're going to live. Okay, sit back and relax. Don't worry, because you're destined to live a certain amount of time, or now it's in Krishna's hands what he wants. <clears throat> so all you do is do what the doctor says, use your intelligence. But in the back of your mind, you know that if Krishna wants, I'll be cured. Right? Some, someone's just going to show up and say, Prabhu, why don't you drink this? What is it? It's cow dung and cow urine. And ghee and yogurt, it's like, you know, just drink it. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to die anyway. What? Who, what? Who cares? You know, you're drinking it. And you vomit and like every disease in your body comes out. And you're like, the next day you're running around dancing at the temple. And everyone's like, what happened? You go, it's the cow dug and cow urine. It was amazing. You know, who would have known? You know. Yeah, the sages like 80 billion years ago knew cow dung and cow urine. It was the cure for anything. And now you've got big Harvard Medical School and billions of dollars in research and this and that and big pharma and they can't cure it. So sometimes it's like that, isn't it? So that's, I think, that's how I take what Prabhupada's saying, you know. 
not like, you know, you know, well, I've tried every medicine, what the heck, you know, I'll take the cow dung, cow urine. I don't think, I don't know if cow dung is actually part of the medicine, but, you know, for dramatic entertainment value, we'll say it is. And so sometimes that happens. So, so I think, I was just thinking it, for us as devotees, it, it doesn't mean we're not practical, but it, it relieves the anxiety of, of if I do this, I'll live longer. If I don't do that, I won't live longer. Maybe that's not true. Maybe you do all the right things and you won't live as long as someone who says all the wrong things. That's possible. Does it mean you do the wrong thing? No. But it's like, ultimately, it's up to Krishna. And now, well, you could say it's up to our karma, but beyond our karma, now it's up to Krishna. Like, how long does he want us to live? Right? You're a devotee, and then Krishna will decide that. You know, maybe you were supposed to die when you're 75, and now you're like 95, and the astrologer is looking at your chart and said, you were supposed to be dead 20 years ago. He said, but because you're a devotee, and you're preaching, Krishna is maintaining you. Your body's not supposed to be maintained. That can happen, right? Everybody say yes! That's Tony Robbins. That can happen. Everybody say yes. No, everybody say. Do you have that experience? Everybody say I. He doesn't let them say I. He tells them to say yes. I have that experience. It's kind of strange. Okay. Soul resides in the Gomati Gunga says the soul resides in the heart. How is it that when a person dies, his heart is still alive and used for transplant? Prabhupada said the heart is a sitting place. So he said, he once said, when you get the transplant, then the soul, it enters the new heart. But interestingly enough, there is some consciousness or tendency in the, in the organs of the body. The consciousness goes in the organs, and then you get a heart transplant. If you could get the heart transplant of a pure devotee, you would be much more Krishna conscious than you got the heart transplant of an ordinary person. In fact... Now, such another interesting conversation. There was a, you know, should devotees donate their organs? Yeah, become a pure devotee and donate your heart. And then when that heart is transplanted, that person transplanted, that person will become a devotee. This one lady, she was um, gay, and she got a liver transplant, not even a heart, some organ transplant from a straight person. And after the transplant, she became straight. Interesting. So the consciousness was in the organ. Hmm. I mean, if consciousness is, is in the food you're cooking just by looking at it, then your consciousness must be all over your organs. And therefore, when there's transplant. So we're starting a new program, which is become a pure devotee and donate your organs and make the world Krishna conscious. We need a name for it. Organs and Krishna... Organs for... Spread Krishna consciousness through organ donation. <clears throat> but first, we have to put the meter up and make sure you're Krishna conscious. Because if you're not, you're going to give people organs that aren't Krishna conscious. And I read, I read a second story, a similar story, about something that happened. In a per, it changed a person. They, brought, they had some transplant an organ, and it changed their thinking. Oh, oh, another one. 
they got a transplant from a person who was a vegetarian, and that person became a vegetarian who was a meat eater. Yes. So, all of you become pure devotees. Donate your organs. Make sure that, um, yeah, we'll make the world Krishna kind. For every one of you can make another person a devotee. That would be interesting. You might say, but I don't want my organ in someone else's body. Then that's, I don't know about that. We have to consider that. But certainly, if you needed an organ, you would be happy that someone left it for you. I heard from a nurse that a person dies, his or her brain is still active for 30 minutes. Yeah. Not sure how this is true. The doctors will have to comment. Zambia is in East Africa. Southeast Africa? Oh, Zambia is in East Africa. Hmm. Okay, where in East? East is... Um, Bhakti John says, How could we make poor choice if we were part and parcel of Krishna? How could we have chosen to come to Gerald? That is a whole different topic. Because we're stupid. That's the only answer. That's the only answer you need. How did I get in the material world? You were stupid. I was stupid. We were all stupid. How could we do it? Don't worry. Don't worry. We did it. When the souls that were never conditioned at all, do they also have independence? Probably. Yes. They have mystery. Oh, that's... That's another conversation. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a conversation I was reading. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not a question. Uh, happening or done at an unsuitable time. Untimely, yeah. Okay, it wasn't the right time to die. Time that is unsuitable or premature. Occurring unsuitable time, untimely death, yeah. Died untimely. Yes. You know, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, difficult to understand karma. So sometimes with these discussions, you know, it's like, it kind of comes to the point of, but what if this and that and Prabhupada said this and that and pretty soon you're like getting dizzy. And that proves that verse in Gita. It's the, sometimes it's not, it's not just like cut and dry, the same for everyone in every situation. And there is some elasticity to karma. And karma is dynamic because you're creating new karma. An inopportune time, before due natural or proper time, yeah. Take care of health. Is not taking care of the body is sin? Body doesn't belong to us. It's 13 and a half breaths each round. Wow. No. Thirteen breaths were one round. 
How is that possible? <laughs> anyway, if you do japa, if you want to live longer, do japa pranayama. And you're, you'll become more beautiful because you'll get all the oxygen and you'll feel energized. Sometimes I, I do that in the early morning because when I first get up, I'm, uh, I need some more energy. And the breathing gives the energy. It wakes you up. So the moral of the story is take care of your body and don't worry about when you're going to die because it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen and there's nothing you can do about it other than just take care of yourself as best you can. That's the conclusion. Mm. Well, Sangeeta saying, isn't it decided? Well, Prabhupada's saying it's decided, but you can buck the system by slowing your breath down because you're, it's decided how many breaths you have. So if you're an average person, you'll breathe a certain amount and you'll die at a certain age. But if you slow your breathing down, you'll live longer. But again, there's no, you know, it's like you, there's no value in living longer unless you're Krishna conscious and you're doing something of value. And some devotees don't want to live longer. They're, they want to go back to Godhead now. They don't like it here. And maybe they feel their service is not so significant. But when Krishna calls you, then you go. And we have to accept it. It's his desire. That's what, um, that's what I was hoping that would come out of this conversation, that we would worry less about when we're going to leave our body and how it's going to happen, understanding that it's now in Krishna's hands, and my obligation is service, and my obligation is to be Krishna conscious, and let um, whatever's going to... Like, like, one time they were talking about astrology, and Prabhupada said, let what's going to happen, happen. We depend on Krishna. So that was, that was like Prabhupada's ultimate, like, Krishna conscious conclusion. And I think it applies to this, because astrology is determining the future and also the duration of your life. And it was like, it was like Prabhupada was saying, you know, we're in Krishna's hands now. It's different. So whatever happens, that's in Krishna's hands. So I think that's, that's the way to take all this. Whatever happens is going to happen. Let me be Krishna conscious. And I don't, then I don't have to worry about what's going to happen because if I just give myself to Krishna, then whatever happens is what he wants to happen. Or whatever happen, whatever happens is going to happen. I mean, that's a profound statement, isn't it? But what Mahaprabhu's class about today? He said, he said something amazing. He said, "Whatever is going to happen is going to happen." Hmm. Wow, profound. But you know, um, sometimes things happen in the world because because. Um, People are in the world who, 
who are not Krishna conscious and they may harass devotees and may cause problems for devotees. And like, look at Prabhupada, he's quarantined once coming into India, I think, or Africa and have a yellow fever certificate. Maybe he's coming back from Africa. Like, why all these things? Why would Krishna want this? But sometimes it's just the material world. We're in it and so we're subjected to the nature of it. But as devotees, we have to think ultimately, you know, we're, we've given our life to Krishna, so ultimately everything is, is going to work the way, it's going to work out in the best way possible. And if we're not devotees, it's not going to work out in the best way possible. Parker says, say a parametric, parametric comes and resuscitates a something person a what person a flatline person if that paramet didn't do that or the person was left alone would Krishna resuscitate him or would he or she die seems like life gets extended by the paramedic no the karmic understanding is that if that person were to die the paramedic would be too busy to get there in time you want to hear an interesting story? This man was eating meat and he choked on it. It got caught in his throat and he was suffocating. <clears throat> they called the ambulance. The ambulance came <clears throat> and the ambulance got in a car crash. <laughs> and when it got in a you know, crash or whatever, it hit him and that meat in his throat <clears> throat> got pushed down and he was fine. There's another story. <clears throat> Some boy and girl had a fight. Apparently these are true stories. They had a big argument and one of them left. They were just like so, they were so angry that one of them left, went down, you know, like they're on the 10th floor or 20th floor, went down and started walking and the other one was so exasperated. I don't know what's the word. I don't have the right word right now. The one was just totally destroyed the other one, I think it was the guy, jumped out the window to kill himself. And when he jumped out the window, the girl was walking, and he landed on her, and she died, and he lived. So, that's an example. Like, like Prabhupada would say, you know, it's like you can't die if it's not your time. So you get in a horrible accident, and you live. And sometimes a little accident will kill you. So that's how we see it. You know, if, if you're meant to live a certain amount of years, then you'll be, you know, somehow or other you'll be saved. And if you're not, somehow or other you won't be. That's, you know, so it looks like externally this was the cause, this person did this. But what Prabhupada is saying is there, there are more subtle causes. The reason this person did this is because you're destined to live longer. And so Krishna used that person. That's a strange way to look at it, but I mean, it's not. Well, maybe strange is not the word, but not a normal way. That, <laughs> that it doesn't work according to the logical mind so much. But but karmically we have to understand it that way. My philosophy is always make the best use of every situation you're in. You know, because because otherwise you could have a bad marriage and say, Well, my husband and I, we just don't get along, you know, we we basically we just fight and argue and just make our lives miserable. Okay, 
So I go to their chart and I look at their marriage karma. It's not so good. But does that mean they don't try to work things out as best they can? They try. But maybe it'll never get that good, even though they try, because karmically they just have, they don't have such good marriage karma. But it doesn't mean they don't try. It doesn't mean they can't be better. They can't accommodate. So that's, that's the idea of Prabhupada saying, go to the doctor, depend on Krishna. When Prabhupada says depend on Krishna, he means go to the doctor and understand that ultimately it's Krishna who will heal you and he'll use the doctor. Yeah. Funny thing is yesterday Kadambakanana Swami talked about death as well out of a... All of a sudden my Diksha Guru and my Siksha Guru are talking about leaving this body. Wow. You're getting it from both sides, Anna. Special mercy for you, Hare Krishna. <coughs> What's wrong with these Hare Krishnas? They always talk about death. They're so pessimistic. Um, I don't want to hear them talk. I don't talk about, like, why don't they talk about something nice? Like love and peace. Now, we also talk about love. Of course, Prabhupada would say, you don't, you don't really know what love is. Marco says, the soul resides in the heart, but is transcendental. The cardiac organ is material, and although it continues to function after the soul leaves the body, it is like the inertia movement of a fan, transported to another body with a heart transplant. Yeah, you know, or some like the electrical magnetic, electromagnetic forces. I haven't studied it, but I was actually reading something about it. Oh, I saw a headline, you know, that you, they, that you live after you die for 60 minutes or something. But, um, yeah, your, your, your fingernails and hair continue to grow. The processes are there, still set in action, but they're going to stop. One of the doctors can tell us more. A devotee astrologer told me that the chart of a devotee is changeable which means that by practicing devotional service, everything is constantly changing. Astrologer told me that he doesn't like making astrological chart for devotees because it may not happen what is in the chart and it makes him look not like capable. Good point. Whatever's going to happen. I went to the astrologer today. What did he say? He said, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Or what's going to happen? He didn't say he just said it's going to happen. Oh, I feel so much better. Now I don't have to worry about all these things I'm worried about because whatever is going to happen is going to happen. That could be like a, you know, a line from a new movie. They had another line about happening in the Forrest Gump movie. So now we can have a new one. Guru Dave, what's your profound statement? Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. That sometimes... The simplest things are the deepest. And if we can be in that consciousness, okay, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know, we're worried about it, but I've, I've found in my own life with my own personal health that sometimes... Oh, okay, another story. Dun, 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 time for another story. From the Mahatma Purana. So, first time I went to Tirupati, Balaji, 
A devotee said, whatever you want, Balaji will give you. If you want, he will give you. And I only wanted one thing. And it wasn't gold. It wasn't women. It wasn't fame or fortune. It was my leg. I had a bad leg. And I was a Sankirtan devotee. And after two hours, I couldn't stand up anymore. And just the leg was so weak. I just... That was it. It just strained. After two hours of strain, I'm always stretching it, stretching it, stretching it, stopping every half hour, stretching, stretching, stretching. So I went to Balaji, and I said, leg, can you help the leg? Because I wanted, I'm a Sankirtan devotee, and I, you know, maximum two hours. I can't stand more than two hours. I, there was actually a point where I could hardly, I couldn't walk more than an hour. It was just hurt too much. I had done something, I was running once, and it pulled this or that, or it was just my hereditary, and it hit that coincidence that they're running, did it. But, um, and you know what happened? I went back to Calcutta, and the devotee said, you know, there's this doctor, and people come in on crutches and wheelchairs, and they walk out dancing. It's like, okay. And... A lot of devotees are going, and this devotee, and I was cured in that one. I said, okay. Because I guess I was asking around. And I went to him, and he should have, he should have named his practice the torture, ta- the, torture, the, the torture chamber. That should have been the name of his office. And he had this system, and I said, where did you learn this system? And he said, Krishna revealed it to me. I didn't learn it anywhere, he just revealed it to me. And the system was, he would, he would massage so deeply, it actually felt like a knife was in there. He'd go right to where the pain is, and you'd sit there and scream. And guess what happened after two or three weeks of screaming? It was cured, but like 80% cured. So I have many experiences like that. It was like, okay, now, you know, I, this was 1987, and it happened in 1982. So for five years, I had this bad leg. It's still not perfect, but after that, it was much improved. And then it went bad again, like really bad. I couldn't walk last summer. I, you, none of you know this. I don't think you know. My leg went out. And I actually couldn't walk without pain. And it was like really hard to walk upstairs. And I went to my doctor here, and he's just an ordinary allopathic doctor. And he shot me up with, what's that stuff they shoot you with? Starts with a C. Was it cortisone? Something. It was like, I don't take that. He goes, and it was like, you know, boom. Like you saw me in Mayapur every day walking, you know. Walk, 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 walk. So that's been my experience. Um, you, you go, you know, but before I went to this doctor in India, the point was I went to many doctors trying to cure it, many stretches, yoga, this, ultrasound. We were doing all kinds of stuff. Nothing was working. And then I went to Balaji, prayed, and met this doctor, and boom. The torture chamber, Dr. Torture. So, that's my personal experience. You probably have similar experience. That sometimes it's like nothing works. And then some devotee comes, this medicine, it'll make your hair grow. Okay. 
I take the medicine, my hair grows. Now it's it's time. My karma's over for being bald. Now it's time for me to have hair again. Actually, I like being bald, except when the sun hits your head. But other than that, it's low maintenance. So, you know, it keeps it simple. If we donate our body rather than having it cremated, can this influence our soul to potentially struggle to let go of attachment to the body? Yeah, it's possible. I'm not sure. I have to investigate this further. Because the devotee was just asking, and I was saying, could you donate your organs and have them designated only to be used for other devotees? That would be a nice service if you've saved someone's life like that. But maybe the other way of looking at it is, well, if that's, you know, I don't know. I have to discuss this with some other devotees. It's, it's, this question is interesting. I've, I've thought of this also. And it's possibly, you know, because cremation is like the, the clean way to... But, you know, it's a few organs and the rest of your body's being cremated. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe some of you can study this and report to us. Um, Maybe you could report. Okay, today's class titles, whatever's going to happen, will happen. But as far as donating organs, that's not something I've ever heard Prabhupada talk about. Mm. We're getting it. It's right above Mozambique. So South Africa, you go east, north, Mozambique, and then Zambia. Yeah, got it. So it's like mid-Africa. Thank you for today's class. I always felt guilty that my mom could have been alive if I had given her medicine on time, but today, after eight years, I felt guilt-free. Well, death is not a bad thing. You know, it's like... This one young devotee is was just found with four-stage cancer. She's like 35, and... You know, when I heard that, this may sound weird to you. When I heard that, I thought, lucky her. She gets to go back to God and we have to stick around. And we, you know, with this COVID thing and now there's all these riots and like, who knows, you know? She's so fortunate. She gets to go back to Godhead and we have to stick around here. So that's, you know, that's a way of processing. Didn't Prabhupada say we should pursue astrology? Uh, not that I ever read. <clears throat> yes, it could be used. But Prabhupada said Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was an astrologer, but he gave it up when he became a devotee. Because ultimately it's like, yeah, we depend on Krishna. That's the idea. You know, sometimes you may use astrology. You may follow some things. Prabhupada did a few, but not he wasn't. He wanted us to depend on Krishna more than astrology. Okay, we are going to end. Ultimately, it's Krishna who decides someone's life spent. He can thereby change a person's karma. I think, quote, what has to happen will happen in relation to Krishna is a much deeper concept than simple fatalism. Yeah. Okay. 
So now the result of today's class is we don't have to worry about anything other than serving Krishna and then everything else will take care of itself. Right? You agree? Okay. I agree also. So tomorrow there's all kinds of things happening. I wish I knew what they were. Hold on a second. So I can announce what's happening. I have to go to my calendar. So you're going to be put on pause just for a moment, and then I'll find my calendar. My time tomorrow is a class in Berlin, and then 6 p.m. There's a class in South America. Oh, I forgot. Hold on. 6 p.m. on Sunday, there's a class in South America, and then every Sunday at 10, 10.30, we do Kirtan, and then every Saturday at 5, we do a class on the, the behaviors of ineffective people. I think we're on number 9 or 10, and then we'll take a new topic when that's finished. So the class in Berlin, I forgot the topic. But even though these classes are in South America or Berlin, obviously I don't speak German and I don't give the class in German or Spanish. So uh, you're welcome to come and the links should be on Facebook or they're not on Facebook. My humble servants are not doing their job well uh, on Facebook or on my website or both. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. We will see you then. Later. Sri the Prabhupada Kijai.